Hey everyone, it's Anthony and my shot sinuses and me and my shot sinuses wanted to ask, you know how we're always saying that if you support us at patreon.com slash we have concerns, we will send you extra audio every week. Have you ever wondered what that sounds like? Well, this week we decided to include it for free at the top of the episode. If you enjoy it and you'd like to get more of it and help support the show, you can do so at patreon.com slash we have concerns. Jeff, this morning I am out walking my dog. You are? Yeah, that's the thing that you got to do when you have a dog. So I'm out walking my dog. And my perfect prince, my beautiful son, uh, as you may know, uh, simply does not not need a leash. He's perfect. Perfect. Obedient. Loyal. He's never needed a leash. He simply hangs out within a five foot radius of me and, right. and does nothing wrong. Today, Uh-oh. there was apparently some disgusting trash on the sidewalk Uh-oh. that was too good to pass up. <laughs> and he goes to eat it. We've all been there. We've all been there. Listen, half of what's in my body is disgusting trash. <laughs> that was too good to pass up. It's too good to pass up. I might have done another another couple lunch days of crumble cookies again this week. I don't know. Dude, this week, all timer. <laughs> Dude, this week was bangers. All timer. This week was the, bangers. Uh, the chocolate chip cookie dough cookie? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Cookie dough on top of the cookie. Incredible. Just anyway, straight bangers. So we, we digress. <laughs> the this was this trash was the crumble cookie of floor trash, I guess, because my 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 beautiful boy simply could not pass it up. He goes to eat it, and I go, No, what are you doing? And he looks at me. And normally he'd be like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. And he would drop it. Yeah. Today, Jeff, this motherfucker went for the gusto. He looked at me and he said, no, not today. And ran. Wow. Just bolted down the street with this trash in his mouth. I was just like. More than anything. Sorry. Sorry. I'm willing to give it all up. For this one piece of trash, I'm willing, I, I'm going to give up, I'm going to give up my home, I'm yeah. going to give up my family, I'm yep. going to give up uh, everything I've ever known for this one delicious piece of trash. I said the same thing about those crumble cookies, though, I got to admit. Listen, and you haven't seen your family in weeks, and that was your decision. Worth it. Um, and so he went running, and I was like, what are you, and I literally, I was so, I was just like, what are you doing? <laughs> and he looked back at me and for a split second, he was like, oh my God, what am I doing? And then he went, no, it's too late now. Yeah. It, this is my decision. life now. He's pot committed at this point. Yeah. This is, this is, I've, I've chosen, I've yeah. chosen the nomad lifestyle. Yeah. I simply live on the run now. Did he have a little bindle, a little he, bindle with him? He put on a little bit. He was just like the littlest <laughs> hobo. <laughs> a television series that literally no one under 55 remembers the littlest hobo the littlest hobo was literally about a dog hitchhiking <laughs> it was a live action show i think about a dog hitchhiking across canada it just so jumps it, on a train you know yeah it was live action the dog would simply <laughs> wind up in places where the dog was needed yeah. um there was no like narration for the dog or anything like that the dog would simply wind up where the dog was needed Jeff, my littlest hobo goes running and doesn't, he doesn't just go running, decides he's going to book it across the intersection. Oh my. Yeah. Now, the street signal was with him. Would I like to give him the benefit of the doubt and say that that he knows (laughs) my beautiful, perfect son is smart enough to know because, because normally on any other day, Jeff. I would walk up to the I would walk up to the intersection and if the light wasn't our way, I would stand, he would sit next to me. Yeah. He wouldn't even think about it. He doesn't right, go until today. we go. Today. Not today. That trash really uh changed everything. It changed 
everything. And he ran across the street and right across the street is his, uh, his favorite place we go in the neighborhood. It's like a little coffee shop, like a little coffee stand where they have like dog treats that they make, like homemade dog treats. And like once a week we'll go by, I'll buy him a fancy dog treat. So he simply ran with the trash in his mouth to the good place where everyone knows him (laughs) and he would not be in trouble. He was like, my friends are here. They'll protect me. Was there a a quality about this trash that made it particularly special? Here's, Here's what's so crazy about it, Jeff. By the time, by the time I got to the intersection, the signal was no longer with me. Oh, <laughs> he was hanging out at his favorite coffee shop with his pals. <laughs> and I was across the street simply looking angry. By That's the t- a moment in the movie that always happens where the, the good guy gets there right before the bus, oh. you know, right, be- right before the long bus. Yeah. Harry Osborne's eating pie <laughs> and Peter Parker turns around and he's gone. Yeah. The bus is the bus is passed and he's gone. Yeah. The Commissioner Gordon has turned around and the Batman is simply not there. Right. And I had to wait. It was this to me this was humiliating. This was <laughs> this was insult to injury. The fact that I could like I did not make it in time. <laughs> and I simply had to stand and watch him as though he had crossed state lines and had found yeah. his freedom. You know, uh, yeah, Tommy Lee Jones now. style. I'm in international waters. I can't. You can't touch me. Right. Exactly. He <laughs> said, "What am I going to do, Johnny? Paddled to New Zealand." <laughs> exactly. But then he did. Yeah. It would be like as if it would be like as if Patrick Swayze did paddle to New Zealand. Right. And so he has stopped paying attention. To me, he's, he's really become a man now. He, you know, your little boy is no, all I mean, grows up in that moment. Oh, in that moment. <laughs> he had stopped paying attention. He, as far as he was concerned, he made it. Ichabod yeah. had Ichabod had crossed the bridge. Do you he, know what he, I mean? He, 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 uh, no pun intended as a dog, but he lost his tail. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Exactly. He shook his tail. Classic. Exactly. He, I mean, and this is what shows that dogs are so stupid. All of this seemed like a pretty, intelligent getaway until you remember that as soon as you're 20 feet away from a dog it forgets that you're there (laughs) i'm watching him across the street just like doing his like cute dog like (laughs) shuffle around up to everybody at the coffee shop and they're petting him they're like oh hello dagger good morning dagger because they they know Uh a couple people look around they're like "Eh." like anthony must be around here somewhere (laughs) dagger does not look around no dagger's convinced that he made it I get I get across the street when the when the signal changes and he literally doesn't even look over. He was so sure that he was free. Yeah. I pick him up and he immediately does like that dog thing where he's like Hah! like his whole body starts like <laughs> like I did not see this coming. By the time I got there, Jeff, the trash was gone. It was eaten. Oh boy. I don't even know what it was. We'll it was never very know. <laughs> The thing you got to be disturbed most by is how easy breezy it was for him to just flush you down the toilet. You know what I'm saying? Just like, just completely abandon you. And he was fine. He was, his, his new life was perfectly, perfectly fine. He sold me out for nothing. Nothing. He didn't didn't even think, you're right. He didn't even think twice. This was like. There was no regret. uh, This was like in the fourth grade. When I got detention for the first time, I sent my sister home with the detention slip and a note that said, I'm sorry, I'm running away. (laughs) This is like third, third grade, third grade. I sent my sister home with a note that said, I'm sorry, I'm running away. And then I simply ran away. (laughs) But I didn't know where to go. Right. I was nine years old, eight years old. And so I'm just... I went to all the places I usually go. There was like, there was like a drugstore that was like within a couple blocks of my house where we would like buy candy. So I went and I bought candy. And then yeah. I was like, well, where do I go now? It was like, there was like a little pond that we would hang out by. So I just went to the little pond and like my mother, shop friends. You know? I my mother literally did the same thing. She just walked up to me because she knew where I would be. There was nowhere else for me to go. 
<laughs> she was just like, you fucking coward. And I was like, ah! <laughs> same thing as the dog. Yeah. Flailing in there. I was just like, ah! <laughs> pulled the same shit on me. I did have a moment after the, you know, where I was sitting and I was just like, when I run out of candy, I'm fucked. <laughs> you know, I yeah. was like, I was thinking yeah. about it. I was like, when I run out of candy, I'm fucked. I don't even have my bike. I can't this get does, anywhere. There are a lot of parallels. You you recognize this. You know, there you, are a lot you had of the parallels. trash in your mouth. You you consumed it quickly, you know. I'll tell you, Jeff. I he was the moment I caught him, it was like the end of the Lord of the Flies. You know, where an adult <laughs> yeah. shows up and they immediately start crying. Yeah. Yeah. Like he immediately was just like, oh, God, what have I done? <laughs> <laughs> I was fine with this up until this second. Yeah. Up until something reminded me that there was a larger world than this moment. <laughs> and now I am terrified. Oh, my. Um, so, yeah, he's he's. He's sitting in his bed. He is not facing me. He's facing the wall right now. That's not a punishment. I didn't do that to him. Right. That was his choice. But he simply has decided that he is not going to, uh, he is not going to look at me. Um, well, and you guys listen, have been through a lot this morning. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, a lot happened. He's grown. He's yeah. learned some things. I hope, hope. I think. Yeah. Uh, he's certainly not going to be off leash for, for the, for the, uh, foreseeable future i've got to i've got to i've got to remove those privileges i don't want to remove those privileges that's what you got to do that's what you got to do that's what they call uh they call uh what do they call it uh um natural consequences they call that well and it's it's i imagine it's got to be it's got to be like for you like you were were something you you punish the kids and you're like shit i wanted to do that thing that i was going to do with the kids oh yeah and now it's like, now I can't do it. And like, they don't understand that I too am being punished. Yeah. No, I, the, the best is when the words comes out, come out of your wife's mouth. Uh, and as she's saying the punishment for the child, you realize it's a punishment for you. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, you know and I mean? like, do you see, is there anything in her eyes that let, let you know that she also knew it was a punishment for you? <laughs> or in that moment, was she simply like the children must learn? Oh, yeah. She's the children must learn. And then you make eye contact and she realizes, oh, right. No, that's bad for us. Like, right. No television for the rest of the week. I was like, how, what are we, how are we going to get anything done? What are we? Oh, okay. No television for the cool, 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 cool. So yeah. we'll, we'll what? We'll just read them books all day and not do our jobs? Yeah. No, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. But I like I, my, my favorite thing is when my wife uh, does the the empty threat that everyone knows is an empty threat, you know, like, Oh, do that again. And grandma is not coming. I'm like, we all know grandma's coming. Grandma's coming. Grandma's not, not coming. Like they understand, like they don't understand (laughs) a lot, but they know that trips have to be planned in advance. Like they understand (laughs) a little bit about that. Grandma's not turning around right now. She's on the plane. You know what I mean? She's, the plane has left. Like they, like we got the call. Like we, they talked to grandma this morning and yeah. grandma was like, I'm getting on the plane. I love you. I can't wait to see you. Yeah. They not, know they that understand. grandma's not going to get on another plane. Grandma hates grandma, the plane. Grandma's not walking up to the cockpit, tapping the pilot on the shoulder and going, can we turn this puppy around? Look, My kids have been bad. Like grandkids have been bad. Here's the thing. <laughs> you, you don't want to raise stupid children, but you also would like there to be You'd like there to be an age where they still believe grandma has that power and you have yeah. that power. Yeah. Like you don't yeah. want them to be dumb. Like you would yeah. hate it if your kids were dumb enough to believe that, but also you kind of want them to believe that. Yeah. I know that my, my cousins, when I was a kid, their, their mom was a, a real, uh, a real ball buster. She, she Oof. didn't take any, anything from anybody. Yo, and, my uncle Mickey was the same way. And if I was with my cousins, and we got in trouble. I was like, fuck, now I get a Mickey punishment. <laughs> oh, that's not good. That's not you good. one of those. Because my yeah. mom would never give me a Mickey punishment. He did some like old school <laughs> shit. Well, this is my, so talking about empty threats, my, uh, my aunt, she, for, to my cousins, she did the thing that no one ever actually does, which is one Christmas. No. They got coal. And that's it. No, they got cold. You hear about 
oh, you'll get coal. And you know, it's not true. You know, as an adult, you go, they're getting presents. I mean, they're getting presents. But my aunt, they, one Christmas, she full on gave the kids coal. And that was that. Washed her hands of it. Christmas is done. You ruined it. Honestly, (laughs) honestly, respect. Like, honestly, I kind of fucking love her. That's like, to me, that's like, um, you know, spoilers for Game of Thrones, but that's like uh, Ned dying in Game of Thrones. You know, it's like after that happens, anything's on the table. Anything's you know on I mean? the table. But yeah, that's w- w- once once we know we could go there. Oh, now we're now. Who knows could, what, what else could happen? happen. The, they could turn the car around. <laughs> that's right. Do you know what I mean? That's right. No one we in history has our... ever turned the car around, but she could do it. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that's a power play, and I respect the hell out of it. Now, yeah. here's my follow-up. How far before Christmas did she say that they were going to get coal? Because if this was like a June thing, I have like a lot of like <laughs> that's baller. Do you that's know what I mean? Baller. Like, like <laughs> you will not like September. Like you are not getting Christmas, and it's just like no. I told you in September that there was no Christmas. Do you remember when you stepped out of line? Do you remember the 21st day of September? (laughs) He watches all year long, kids. This is not a December issue. This is a year long process. This is not. Oh, I wonder if these kids were good or bad over the last two weeks. No, (laughs) no, no. You forget yourselves, children. (laughs) You have forgotten yourselves and you have forgotten the power of Sinterklaas. Might I remind you on the 4th of June when you stepped out of line in a way that shall not be forgiven. (laughs) And I said to you, no Christmas presents. Santa will remember this. And you said, there's no way Santa will remember this. Motherfucker, do you think Santa doesn't have a day planner? He works one day a year. What else does he do all year? He watches your ass. He writes this shit down. (laughs) It's not like it's not like, oh, I'll remember that. No. He keeps records. <laughs> he keeps records. And he is not pleased with you. Not pleased. Clearly. Wow. I I do have like a lot. I have got a lot of respect for your aunt in all honesty. I mean, that's a game changer. From then that's on, it's like, changer. oh my God, we gotta be good. Dude, I almost good. like hearing that, I almost like you should do it once. Just like I, she dude. did. Just like she did. (laughs) If you do it once. That's all you got to do. That's all you got to do. Yeah. Yeah. They'll remember it in their stupid child heads forever. (laughs) Forever. Yeah. They'll be talking about it in therapy at at 30. Oh, (laughs) let me tell you something. But but, hey, hey, that's boundaries, baby. Yeah. That's boundaries. You know it. Santa know it. Your therapist know it. This is We Have Concerns. Hi, Jeff Kanata. Hi, Anthony Carboni. Hello, concerned citizens. Jeff, I would like to submit to you today. Oh. And I cannot believe I'm doing this. An entry into a series that we like to call Chronicles of a Badass. Yes! He's doing it. Doing it. Doing it. Jeff, uh. not only am I doing it, I, I am confident. That unlike you, I will be the first person to do this right. My goodness. All right. Laying the gauntlet down. I am laying the gauntlet down. I'd like to discuss with you an artist uh, from Providence, Rhode Island uh, named Michael Townsend. Michael Townsend oh. is primarily known for um, large-scale installation art. Um, he, he's known for uh, most popularly for tape art. What he does is he takes entire buildings and over the course of sometimes weeks, sometimes months, with tape, completely removable painter's tape, he will create giant murals that live on the building until such time as they are either pulled down or nature gets rid of them just with paper tape. You know, I believe, uh, I believe my children have been apprenticing under this, uh, based on the, their use of any tape that happens to be lying around or is accessible in any drawer in the house. Buddy, let me tell you something about tape from a child's perspective. Comes out of dispenser, has rippy thing, 
and magically sticky. That's three things that I cannot as a child ignore. Irresistible, irresistible. And there's so much of it. Dude, it's it's like the it's like the doing this to the toilet paper. Oh, yes. Well, my daughter loves to do that still. Has your yeah. has have have either of your children figured out that you could simply put one end of the toilet paper into the toilet and flush it yet? Oh, please do not tell them about that. Oh, that, that, I no, don't need to tell them. That. Every child <laughs> finds out. Uh, no, every no. child will find out. And let me tell you why that's a good thing for you. Honestly, no mess. <laughs> that's true. It's true. Uh, you know, lost an entire roll of toilet paper, but there's sure. no mess. No mess. Clogged the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> It's going to be fine. But um, so Michael Townsend lived in Rhode Island uh, most of his life um, and lived with a, uh, a group of artists in Providence uh, that he called and they called themselves Trummerkind. OK. Trummerkind basically means like uh, trash children or children of the ruins. Uh, oh, it's, wow. It's totally using that. Right. To my Trummerkind. So, you know what I'm saying? Trummerkind, like it, it initially was used, I think, in World War II, but for people who were displaced, like their homes were then rubble. And so they took they 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 called this themselves Trummerkind. And they were a bunch of artists that did like public installations. And one of their things that they were one of their um, big causes was the development of Providence and the overdevelopment and the over corporatization of Providence, Rhode Island and other cities like that. Right. So the idea of Trummerkind is. We are being displaced by corporations. Right. Um, corporations so are taking. I'm going to tape some buildings. I'm going to tape some buildings about it. Yeah. But, you know, the idea of uh, we are being displaced. Public, uh, public spaces are being replaced by private business spaces. Um, <clears throat> large developers are buying up entire towns. We are all Trummerkind is the idea, right? Okay. So, so they lived. This was... Uh, Jeff, these were in the halcyon days of 1999 when the pants were as wide as the days were long. Oh, I loved it. Loved you know? those. I'd go back to 1999 in a heartbeat. You Let me know tell what I'm you, saying? 99, buddy, if you wanted portable music, you had to buy a hit clip. Uh, Video games were reaching the highest peak they would ever reach with the release of the Sega Dreamcast. Oh, yes. Um, these were halcyon days, but not so much for the Trummerkin, Jeff. Oh. Uh, news of a large mall. The Providence Place Mall. Oh, that's like, that's like, uh, that's like anti-Trummerkind right there. That's the, the Trummerkind uh, kryptonite is what that is. That's what it is. That's what it is. And I'll tell you what. This was, uh, it was on a bank. It was on a plot of land in downtown Providence that uh, was along the Woonasquatucket River. Zoom tight. Lovely, lovely place. Used to be the home of the Rhode Island State Prison. Then it became a continuing education campus for the University of Rhode Island. And after that, it became just like a dirt parking lot. But the Providence Place Mall was going to come in $500 million to build. This is one of the malls that they call super regional. Super regional is the type of mall where it's like everything you need is in this mall. Oh, like an Auntie Anne's? Need that? Like everything from an Auntie Anne's you're going to be able to buy furniture, clothes, groceries. Like this is one of those things that literally comes into a town and honestly destroys local business, right? One stop destination for all your shopping needs. Everything you could ever need. Now, the Trummerkind actually had a very open mind about it. They lived nearby. Um, Like much larger structure to tape. Think of all the tape that I get. I could do, I've been trying to do something with like 50 rolls. I can tape this motherfucker hardcore. Oh my God. The, the size of the, the tape mural that I'm going to make. <laughs> they lived in the, uh, they lived across the river in the historic mill district in an area that they called a building they called Fort Thunder. Okay. All right. That's not the, Great that's role. not the actual name of the building, but that's what they called it. Right. It's a little aggressive. You, little aggressive. You, well, sure. And if you've lived in a city, you have you are aware of a Fort Thunder for me when I was when I was when I was a young adult in New York, it was in Williamsburg. It was on North Six. It was the Bedford Lofts. They were called the Bedford Lofts. But what it really was, was like kind of a warehouse where they were kind of semi illegally renting out spaces for people to live in. Um, You grew up in the Bay Area. So there was the uh, there was the big one there that like um, 
was called like the ghost ship or something like that. Uh, do you remember that one where it was like no. an artist community in the East Bay? So there are all these places, right? Where like you pay a, you pay a shady landlord a certain amount of money and they don't look at what you're doing with the building. Right. right. Yeah. But it's a community of artists. They have loft spaces. They sleep there. They co-work there. They live there. And so there are about six, six of the Trummerkin that live there along with other artists. And um, they're like, you know, in the long run, this, this mall might be okay. It might bring more attention to the neighborhood. It might clean it up a little bit. Maybe this will be all right. I feel like my, my imagination of what these Trummerkin are doing is that they're like lounging around all day, making art. And then at a certain point, they all get together and sing La Vie Bohème, right? And they, oh, yeah. They... <laughs> yeah, very much so. Yeah. Very much so. They're they're living they're living in the, they're living the the lazy artist lifestyle. But you know they it's they had 1999. Yeah, I'm sure they're I'm sure they're singing that song. It's you know 1999. What they've got disc men with the rent soundtrack on it. <laughs> they're living their life. Um, so here's the problem though. The development company that was building this gigantic mall, the <clears throat> Providence Place Mall. You know how these development companies are, Jeff. Once they start, once they put 500 mil into this area, they go, how do we make, how do we make a little money back on this area before the mall starts making money back? What do we do? And so they start buying up a bunch of land and buildings around the mall that they want to turn into condos mostly additional, uh, additional commercial spaces, things like that. Yeah. Um, and one of the things they do is they buy Fort Thunder. Oh, now you're poking the tiger. You're poking now, the trummerkind. Now you're poking the lazy tiger. <laughs> and they are going to put the angriest tape mural up on your building. Oh, oh man. Oh, They're man. They're going to spend 529,600 minutes working on it. Oh, boy. <laughs> They're going to get you. <laughs> So they're, they're being told like, Hey, you're going to have to leave. Eventually like this building is shutting down. You cannot live here. Now, Michael, this whole time at this point, it's been a couple years. Yeah. His jogging route takes him <laughs> along the beautiful Unasquatucket river. Is it right? And around the mall and he's been watching the mall go up. He's been watching them build the mall for years. He has, he has intimate knowledge. He has an artist's visual memory of everything they've been doing. And, and a runner's high. And a runner's high. And there's nothing, a pocket full of tape. <laughs> there's nothing he can't do. He's got a yeah. hit clip of rent. He is pumped. <laughs> he is pumped. Yeah. And he notices something. There are two walls that went up in the interior of the mall that almost touch, but not quite. And, and in the, behind those walls is a space that they're using for building materials. And he's noticing as the mall is getting finished up, they're not closing that gap. What are they using that space for? Michael Townsend wonders. Can't figure it out. Had the bodies. Oh. This development company, they were doing some shit. Uh, no, it turns out they just, for whatever reason, like apparently this is maybe something that happens in, in these gigantic buildings sometimes where like they don't want to store the materials outside or, or accessibly to people because people will come by and steal the materials or they'll lose the materials. So they're kind of in the building, but not really. And they just, maybe they just don't use that space. So the mall opens up. And the Trummer can go to visit the mall and Michael Townsend says, I'm going to go see what's up with these walls. After we stop by Auntie Anne's. Right? After we stop by Auntie Anne's and get some more hit clips. <laughs> My, I need to get, I have some pretty wide jeans, but I want to get some really wide jeans for like special occasions. <laughs> right. Like... <laughs> Ultra wide jeans. Yeah, like not just the gotcha. Jinkos. Like I want the big boy Jinkos. I want to swim in these motherfuckers. I want like if it's like if it's drizzling a little that day, 
I want to be dragging <laughs> denim I wanna, just through mud like a take, cartoon character. I want to take two steps before my jeans move. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I want there to be, and I want there to be just as much unclaimed space in my jeans as there is in this mall. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So the Trummer can go to the mall. One of them actually absolutely loves it. Um, one of their members was doing their uh, PhD in commercial and public spaces and and was writing a paper actually on how these commercial spaces change cities and change towns and how they can be positive and how they can be... Ne- the, the Trummerkind are actually very, very mall savvy and mall wise. <laughs> All right. And Michael Townsend goes, hey, I just want to go check out these these walls and see what's up. Yeah. And they go in and Jeff, there's 750 square feet of unused space inside the Providence Place Mall. And Michael Townsend goes, huh, this is interesting. This is a little, this is the little nook where they held all the materials, the building materials, but it remained even after the completion of the mall, unused space is what you're saying. They had to like Nathan Drake through this opening, you know, like when a video game is loading. And so they make you, they make you like squeeze through two little walls. They had to kind of shimmy in, but once they shimmied in, what they found was 750 square feet had some building materials left in it was mostly full of refuse, you know? But, yeah. uh, you know, dust and, and concrete dirt and, you know, some boards, but nothing. And they go, huh, that's so weird. And they leave. And when they go home that night to Fort Thunder, which will be taken from them soon, yeah. they hear a commercial on the radio for the Providence Place Mall. And this commercial is talking about the Providence mall Place. Providence Place Mall. Your stop. Your stop for anything you might need. It's the Providence Place Mall. Exactly. And the mall commercial in that sing-songy tone says, man, you can do anything you need for your life at the Providence Place Mall. There's they need a nothing, place to live. They need a place to live is what they need. There's nothing you can't do at the Providence Place Mall. All of your needs will be met as a human being in this mall. And so I the Trummer can look at each other and they go, all right, then. Let's turn it into an apartment. <laughs> Let's Is this build- going to be like a, a cask of a Montiago situation where they're going to get stuck inside? <laughs> <laughs> Buddy, a lot of things are going to happen. But the first <laughs> one that's going to happen is the Trummer can decide we're moving into the Providence Place Mall. All right. Just, just for like a couple days, just to see if we can do it. They're taking, this is the kind of installation art we like to do. They're taking our space, but they have space. So we're going to take space from them and we're going to do it just on a lark for a couple days. This is what they do, Jeff. They make rules. They say, look, we're not going to sneak into this place. We're not going to do anything late at night. We're not going to do anything. We're not going to trespass at the Providence Place Mall. That's not what this is about. <clears throat> We're not going to steal. We're not going to take anything from the mall. That's not what this is about. We are simply going to see if we can live at the mall, just like the commercial says. Their commercials yeah. promises that we can live at the mall and all of our needs will be met. Let's just find out. You live at the mall. It's totally fine. <laughs> all of your needs will be met. Um, so they start going in during the day with backpacks and here's what they do during daylight Uh, hours, during business hours, they just walk around by Auntie Anne's, go to Auntie Anne's, you got to stop by Auntie Anne's (laughs) and they have basically, they have backpacks and they have shopping bags from stores at the mall. Oh, camouflage, which they got from buying things at the mall. Right. Right. So they start buying things at the mall, housewares, things of that sort. And taking them into the 750-foot space. When they bring a bag of stuff in, dishware, 
clothing, towel, whatever they're buying. They bring it in and then they use that bag to remove a bag's worth of the dirt and grime and refuse. Oh, this is like a Shawshank Redemption situation. It's a Shawshank Redemption <laughs> situation. The dust is coming out of their shoes yeah, as they're, they're walking baseball. in the exercise yard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? So the baseball mound is getting bigger every year. Every year, Jeff. And so here's what's going on. Over a period of a couple weeks, they create an apartment in the Providence Place Mall. They bought everything for that apartment at the mall except for two things, Jeff. Two things. Are you ready? Sure. A couch and a china hutch, which they simply walked through the mall and into the apartment. They carried a couch through the mall and no one said boo? No one said boo. Maybe they <laughs> bought the couch at Sears. All right. And they just carried it So why it didn't they buy the couch at the mall? I mean, the Providence Place Mall, my understanding is, has it all. Maybe they just really like the couch. Maybe they, maybe they wanted to see, listen, maybe at that point, they just wanted to be caught. Do you know what I mean? Like at <laughs> yeah. that point, they were pushing I, the boundaries. I, yeah. I would imagine at that point in the experiment, you're just kind of like, how is yeah. this still working? Okay. Okay. <laughs> let's do something real stupid. They have to stop us if we do this. And Are they, they never living did. in there. So Jeff, they begin living in there. <laughs> they run power strips and work lights connected to the main mall power. There are multiple entrances. When they get into the apartment, they find out that it's not just the tiny space in the wall. There are doors that don't go anywhere, but you could get into the space that way. So they use cinder blocks from inside the space to cinder block those doors. They don't they don't, you know, uh, cement them or, or mortar them shut. This is not an Amontillado situation, like you said, but yeah. it's like a, it's like a, a fake Amontillado situation. They build a <laughs> fake wall. And if anybody were to ever test it, it would come down. But their theory is nobody's going to test it. This is wild. This is so wild. In 2003, the Trummerkind are living in the mall. And they live there for a weekend, for a couple of days, and they go, it's actually pretty nice. So they decide, you know, maybe we mostly live at the mall. Wait a minute. At night when they're there, do any of the mannequins come to life? They don't say, so I'm assuming yes. <laughs> do they fall in love with one and then it's an awkward... Uh, romance that can only happen at night in the mall. They don't say, so I'm assuming yes. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, no, I'm with you. And then there's a sequel to it where they are on the move with the mannequin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so they start living there for long swaths of time. The, at this point, Fort Thunder is gone. So they're like, they're living that young, that you, like you said, La Vie Boheme. They're, yeah. they're crashing at people's places and stuff. But for most of their life, for most of the time, they're living in the Providence Place Mall. And they are doing it exactly according to their rules. They're not stealing anything. They do not walk around in the mall or enter or leave the mall during uh, business hours that are not business hours. Now, here's something that's interesting. Because this is one of those like one-stop everything malls, there is a movie theater in the mall. So as you know, if a mall has a movie theater, you can get in and out of that mall a little later than you normally would be able right. to. Yeah. So they can actually get in and out of the mall up until about like midnight, 1 a.m. Um, but they can do everything. Convenient. They're eating at the food court. They're buying clothes they're there. Enjoying 2003's Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl. That's right. That's right. <laughs> great, great movie. Great year for movies. Um. And so they start getting, well, first of all, Jeff, I'd like to show you um, some photos of the Trummerkind in their apartment. Oh, I definitely want to see this. Uh, they were taking photos and videos the entire time. Um, and they're just sort of like living there. That's what their apartment looks like. It's not too bad. You would, you would never guess that was in the middle of a 
mall crevice. It's not too shady. It looks like an artist loft apartment. They've got a TV. They're playing what I assume is Sega Dreamcast. <laughs> um, they yeah. have Flash video, which of course doesn't work anymore. But you can see here they are building the little wall that kind of like that kind of covers things up. You can see that all the furniture that they moved in, they're they're just living there, baby. Meanwhile, the poor kids at the hot dog on a stick are like, I hear something beyond the walls. There's <laughs> Every time I work the late shift, I hear movement. This hot dog on a walls. stick is haunted. <laughs> but look, here they are. They're, they're having breakfast. They brought, in, they brought in, like, they have a mini fridge in there. They're bringing in groceries. It's a night. I mean, 750 square feet, not a small not, place. Not shabby. That, that Bohem is la vie. You know what I'm saying? That's what it is. They're just hanging out. They're chilling. They're playing video games. They're having a good time. They hung art on the walls. Of course they do. They're artists. They're artists. Of course they hung art on the walls. There's the China hutch that they moved in and filled with <laughs> China. China hutch. Oh, China. It's like a huge, like, grandma-style China it's, hutch. It's so out of place in the rest of this. They got, like, VMUs and... and, and uh, Seaman, you know, and and all of a sudden there's a like, like my grandma's china hutch. It's amazing. It's amazing. So they start living there for like long periods of time. And not only that, Jeff, they start getting a little brazen. I'd like okay. to show you a website from 2004 for the one. The one is a luxury apartment in the center of Providence, Rhode Island, in the middle of the brand new shopping district. And it can they all be yours. an ad for their own apartment? Not just an ad, Jeff. Not just an ad. An entire real estate your website. building. That's amazing. So, here it is, your building. Welcome home. Click on the thumbnails to, to see more. Here's, here's a photo Welcome of the lobby. Home. Uh, first impressions are everything. With miles of carpeting, lavish furniture, and towering ceilings, our lobby is sure to leave visitors in awe. If that isn't enough, we have hundreds of staff ready to serve you day and night to help you become the one. Parking for 10 bicycles wow. and 5,000 cars. 24-hour <laughs> security. Private entrance ramp from Federal Highway. Climate control. Pleasant musical ambiance, wide rambling promenades, interior Amazing. loading docks, discreet cleaning staff. If you want to go to amenities, interior loading docks. They have a whole section for amenities, entertainment. <laughs> what's the, wow. what's the best living without the best entertainment? The one offers endless opportunities. Still not convinced? Stop by the concierge for a behind the curtain tour. Fitness. From treadmills to free weights, flat screens to service lines, the One Fitness Center will help you stay fit and confident. It's on-site, 1.3 million square foot state-of-the-art facility. And they just show all the escalators and stuff. Uh, I gotta say, also, for a, a website in 2003, this is a pretty tasteful. It's very know? tasteful. Dining? Hungry for an unparalleled dining experience? The one not only has residences with private kitchens, but is only a short stroll from some of the city's best chefs. Treat yourself and your family to a night in inside luxury. With, of course, the Auntie Annie's. There's the Auntie Annie's. Um, this is just a gag? They just posted this website as a gag? They posted it. Here, they posted a floor plan. <laughs> the one. One Kinsey Avenue. Oh, my God. They posted it. You can see here the shape of the space. Wow. I pictured it as like one kind of one kind of like square of space. But because it's sort of like in these like crevices of the walls, it actually like wraps around. It's like a it's like a horseshoe shaped apartment. Yeah. So yeah. they turned one whole area of it into the kitchen, one into living and dining. And then on the other side, crazy. they had the bedroom and the bathroom. So whatever that square is in the center is probably a store. Yeah. That there's like in the. <laughs> it's a store or, or a part of the lobby or like an elevator yeah. bank or something. <laughs> um, luxury living in 750 square feet. This is the layout of our most popular model. <laughs> our only model. The one. <laughs> so kind of amazing. Jeff. What if I told you. They the neighborhood. What if I told you that they lived at the one for a few years? 
what is the end game here? Well, just, I think at first just, the, the end game was this social experiment, and then it was just like rent free. This is free. Yeah, this is absolutely free. So one day, I've heard of, I've heard of mall rats, but this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. So one day, they come home to the one after having not been there for a week or two, Uh-oh. and some some things are missing. <gasps> Nothing. Nothing but the, not the China, not the China out of the China hutch. The China's still there. Oh, thank God. The Dreamcast and the TV are still there. Oh, thank God. But like a photo album and some personal oh. items are gone. Rut row. Somebody, somebody saw the website. <laughs> so they go, okay. We have got to be super, super locked down about this now. Somebody has found out. Well. You know, to be fair, they posted literally all the information anyone would need on a website. (laughs) (laughs) Now, they never say it's in the mall. They give a fake address. They gave themselves like, but yeah, and it's not like they advertised the website. So this was just a website that went up. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, But yes, you're right. They did. They did publicly and they are going in and out all the time. Like, I, I, I imagine at this point they got pretty comfortable. You know, what? there's got to be some mall employees that recognize these people are always here, right? Everybody's always there. That's the thing. When you build there's a giant some, mall, when you build a giant mall like this in an area that doesn't have any other shopping. Yes, I guess. But this is where everybody goes all the time. You got to imagine there's some Paul Blart who's, who's noticing sure. uh, a lot of these kids, uh, you know, over and over showing up. Listen, we always hope there's a Paul Blart (laughs) watching out for us. Yeah, we all want the Paul Blart to have saved the day, but uh, sometimes we don't get the Paul Blart that we deserve. So this is the question. Surely somebody has noticed. Somebody has taken things from the apartment. Yeah, to make a statement. Not valuables. You're saying they just took mementos and strange this uh, feels like this is uh, is there a rival gang of artists? <sighs> somebody, somebody coming after the Trummerkind? <laughs> yeah. Um. So that's what they're wondering, and they go, "Okay, we gotta limit the amount that we go to the apartment. We gotta make sure that we're not nobody's living here right now. We gotta wait for this to cool down a little bit." But Michael got a little sloppy. Oh. Michael got a little sloppy. A friend came in from out of town, another artist, and wanted to see the project. Oh, that would always happens. And so Michael says, okay, we're going to go in later in the evening when it's just the movie theater and a lot of people aren't around and I'll show it to you real quick, but nobody's staying there right now. You can't stay. And they go in, and the moment they go in, the Blarts descend. Oh no, Paul Blart and his Blarty friends. It was the Blarts, Jeff. They took the photo album so they could identify the people Uh, who live in the apartment. The Blarts found them. The Blarts always get their man. I would (laughs) assume that's that's the lesson of the movie Paul Blart Mall Cop. I still have not seen it. It's on my list, I promise. I'm going to get to it. It's, uh... You can only you can only stay one step ahead of the Blarts for so long. That's what's because they're on segways. Yeah, exactly. They move exactly. quickly. Yeah, so, slightly faster than walking speed. That's right. So <laughs> they get caught, and they manage to catch a couple of the Trummerkind and bring them in. But Michael, Michael's the one that winds up going to court. Okay, because Michael this is, this is Ma- Michael's the leader. With- trespassing i assume and that's about it right well yeah that's kind of the thing so (laughs) trespassing and maybe illegal possession of china with a intent to distribute i don't know well that's the thing they go michael goes to court and everybody is let go except for michael And he finds himself standing in front of a judge 
in criminal court and the prosecution is talking about all the things that the Trummer can did. They, they set up, they set up power, uh, power strips and they moved furniture in and they were, they were, they were there and they were playing video games and they were, they were using the facilities and blah, blah, blah. And the judge goes, so list the laws that were broken. And they go, are you not hearing? They're living in there and they're doing this and they're doing that. And the judge goes, list the laws that were broken. Trespassing. That's it. There's nothing in the rule book that says you can't make an apartment in a mall. <gasps> Jeff, there's nothing that says that the Trummerkin couldn't do what they were doing other than the fact that they didn't have permission to do it. These are the, they're the air bud of squatters. They are the basketball dogs of luxury living. <laughs> Jeff, they're not allowed to be there because it's private property and the company says they're not allowed to be there. But other right. than that, the mall makes those outlets available for people. You can plug oh, your phone you, charger in. Wow. You're, you're, allow, just, you're allowed to hang out. They they're just charging out. their phone on steroids. That's just it's just a phone charger amount of juice. You want the judge? The judge was like, "Look, if you want to charge them for the electricity, then you can figure out how much electricity they use. Sure, charge them for the electricity." But like, there's nothing they did. Like, if you want them to move their stuff out, they have to move their stuff out because it's private property. But right, but right. but over and over again, what this comes down to is what you're talking about is simply trespassing. Wow. So this is a beautiful metaphor because just like they found the gap between the walls, they also found the gap between the laws. Think about it. <laughs> Think about it. If this was Tom Hanks and it was an airport, we would find them the most adorable people in the world. We need to make we need to get a movie made about this stat. Right? Yeah. This is amazing. So it's misdemeanor trespassing. He had lived, uh, Michael Townsend had lived in the apartment on and off for four years at that pretty, point. Pretty small price to pay for four years of free rent. Right? Yeah. Right? Here's what happens. The mall security team hands him a piece of paper and it simply says that you are no longer allowed in Townsend Square Mall. You are banned from the property. Sincerely, the Blarts. Sincerely, all of the many blarts. <laughs> we got you, motherfucker. Signed the blarts. And Michael goes, oh, okay. And just stops going to the mall. <laughs> it was a misdemeanor. He basically, wow. you know, just nothing happened. It was yeah. a misdemeanor. And you got four years of free rent living on, high on the hog in your uh, luxury apartment in the mall. Michael Townsend still lives in Providence, Jeff. He still lives near the mall. He had a job that whole time. Yeah. He was working. He was doing stuff. It wasn't like, it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't like he, he was just like, well, I, I live here because I'm unhoused and I need it. And, and no, it was like, they were just doing it to see if they could do it. He still lives near the mall. Uh, he still can't go to the mall. He's not allowed. Even though this was in 2004, he's still not allowed after 18, oh, 19 ban. years. Lifetime yeah. mall ban? Lifetime mall ban. He says that he has to basically hire task rabbits to go to the mall for him <laughs> because it's like the only place to shop in Providence <laughs> in that area. So like it's sometimes- only Providence though, but the, literally the only shopping destination off limits. Yeah. That's funny. That's it. That's it. And it's- I, here's why I submit to you Chronicles of a Badass, uh, uh -huh. which I think you already agree. But here's I mean, why I'm 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 ninety percent on board. But I I want to hear your your thesis statement. So there are a couple things that that I really love about this. Number one is there is something to be said, and the Trummerkin did say it on their site, and it was there. It was something that they were trying to say the whole time. There is something to be said about developments and developers taking control over so much of what should be a public space or a community space, even commercial, even things that are commerce related, right? When a giant mall comes in and one developer owns all of the shopping in an area, right? They essentially control that area. 
they're essentially telling you they they become the de facto like robber barons that are in control of this area. Yeah. You know, there's it's like he's saying he can't go to the mall anymore. So like there's stuff that you can only do in Providence at that mall, which is owned yeah. by that development company, which also came in and took his original home away. Right. Because when a company starts taking up these 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 areas of our communities, I live in a gray star building, right? I have a lot of friends that live in gray star or Simon's buildings in LA. And the reason for that is gray star and Simon's own about 80% of the private real estate in Los Those Angeles. Those are the buildings. Those are the buildings. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Those are the buildings. When you go in to rent an apartment and this is wild to me, when you go in to rent an apartment, they look up on a computer what the rent is if you sign that day. Oh, I know. And it, cha- it can change by the hour. Yes. It's crazy how the, the rent fluctuation can happen by the hour. It, that, that was a weird experience for me in LA was yes. because these are all linked together. These, these massive buildings all over the city are linked together <laughs> and they're doing like real time. Um, um, price fixing. Uh, yes. Yeah, supply and demand price fixing. Yeah. They are doing real time price fixing. They look and it should only be like. You would think the Gray Star is only checking against Gray Star, but Gray Star, Simons and these other large companies are all part of this system. They're essentially price fixing apartments. And because of that. They are essentially they're inflating the price of real estate. They are keeping the value higher than it normally would be. When a developer yeah. like the developer that built the Providence, uh, the Providence Mall comes in and buys the residential buildings around the mall, they are essentially price fixing everything in that area. If you're a business in that area, they are going to be renting to you. If you are a resident in that area, they're going to be renting to you. And that means they get to set the price because there is no competition. There are no alternatives within that area. If you want to live in that area, that's where you live. So. Yeah. For the Trummerkin to turn around and go like, okay, we're going to do what you do. We're going to come in and we're going to take over this space. This is space that you are not using or we think that you're underusing or we think is more valuable than you believe it to be. And so we're going to come in and we're going to take it over just like you did. Does Townsend view this as an act of protest? He did view it sort of as an act of protest. They looked at it as an act of protest, but they they have much more of an artist statement about it where it's like yeah. they're like they're trying to make a they wanted to. This is reclaiming a sense of agency and asserting that spaces like the mall should belong to the people as much as they belong to developers. So it's not directly saying we're protesting the facts that you're price fixing all of the real estate in the area. But what we're saying is. When you buy up all the space in an area and you remove all public space and you remove all community access to that space, the community will take over your space. And if that's what you want, if that's what you want, then we're going to do it. It's interesting. I love it. I I, I think that's pretty wild. I I love, I love it too. I, it's interesting too, that you could view the website as the piece of art that kind of came out of it. You know, the, the, uh, so is there a reason why this story is coming to light now? I, I've noticed this story pop up a couple times over the last year. And I have to think that it's, it's honestly because of the economic situation that we're heading into. Yeah. I have to believe that this, in this post-pandemic situation uh, where the economy is, is tanking and rents are still skyrocketing in major cities, I think this is something that speaks to people now just as much as it did in 2002, 2003 when we were watching all of the fallout from literally the nine, like 9-11 fallout from the economy where it was just like, how can this all be so expensive still? Like, how can yeah. this all be, how can this still be getting taken away from us on this level? Um, yeah. And I think now, especially people are much more aware of this sort of thing than they've ever been. There's been such a movement online lately where people are talking, I mean, people are talking about wealth disparity. People are talking about, um, you know, people, people controlling rental markets and how homelessness, homelessness is 
at such a high right now when there are way more unoccupied uh, apartments and houses than there are people on the street. And there is no capitalist way, there is no current way under our current system to fix what is a very obvious problem, right? There are more places to live than there are homeless people. Is that true? I didn't know that. It is true. And so what do we do? Well, you would think if there are more places to live than there are homeless people, then the value of real estate would drop. But it's not dropping because these developers have control over everything. And so I think this story is popping up a lot now because it just resonates with people so much right now. Yeah. That's what I have to think. Would you... uh... Oh, 100%. I'd do it tomorrow. Yeah. I would do it tomorrow. I'd bring my dog. (laughs) I'd bring my, and I'd walk my dog through the mall and I'd see if anybody stopped me and my dog when we were going to our apartment. I feel like that might be the, that might be the thing that gets you caught, Anthony. I'm sorry. That would be it. But I'll tell you what, I'm not going anywhere without my dog. (laughs) You know, I I look at this, I, I look at things that have been like, uh, surfacing in my, and this may just be me and my weird interests. I mean, I'm sure part of it is, but things that are surfacing in my algorithm lately, and I'm getting a lot of stuff of people like, you know, turning, turning their storage spaces into homes, sure, uh, yeah. the, building yeah. tiny houses, turning vans yeah. into houses. And all of that stuff is happening right now as, as a response to what's happening economically. You do that in uh, in San Francisco. You can charge $3,000 a month. You know, oh, you know, all you got to do for turn a good van camper van? <laughs> Please, you got a parking spot. <laughs> oh my God. 3000 for a parking spot is cheap. Yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> so, I mean, like this is, you know, I, I think this is just resonating with people a lot. Would you, well, I mean, you've got a wife and kids now, but would you move them all into the mall? Oh, I mean, uh, uh, if, if it's available, I, I was looking at that website. I was trying to find out where I can put in my reservation. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> this does feel like a, you know, a, a, a single person, a young person endeavor, but it seems like such an adventure. Like yeah. what a cool, crazy bohemian thing to do. Like it, what a wild adventure of just seeing how long it can, we can sustain it. I, you know, I would do and not even remotely anything like this, but when I was, you know, doing, um, a lot of regional theater, I would do the weird thing where I tried to see how long I could not have to pay rent. You know, I would move up my stuff into storage or try to, you know, have a, 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 so little stuff that I could like have friends hold onto my things yeah. and then go to regional theater and try to see how long I didn't have to have a, a rent payment, you know? Yeah. hundred uh, percent. So yeah. I, I love that stuff. I love the maximizing. And, and, I, and the I have fact a friend it, right now, I have a friend right now who has a role on on an upcoming television show and had to shoot it in Atlanta and was going to be there for 6 months right and was and was yeah. like you know what i'm going to be working 16 hour days on set i don't want to rent an apartment yeah and just like was literally like whose couch can i crash on in atlanta <laughs> for 6 months i promise i will almost never be there yeah and like literally made it happen yeah and like literally made it happen. I love That's that. That's a fun adventure when you're young, when you're, when you're old and crotchety like me. I want my bed. <laughs> it's the same part of my brain that like loves the mixed up files of Mrs. Basley Frankweiler, right? Like we're going to spend the night in the Natural History Museum. Right, yeah. You know, we're going to sleep yeah. there. Yeah. I, I, it's the same thing. It's like I'll go to... I'll, I'll hide in the mall and I'll stay there or like I'll hide in the toy store and I'll live in the toy store and no one will know. Like, yeah, yeah. I love that. So cool. Yeah. I love it. Feels it. transgressive and fun and, you know, full of, uh, wacky hijinks, <laughs> you know? I mean, and, and when you think about it, like, that's, what's so fun about the way they did it is this yeah. judge was like, man, they didn't even like go take a pretzel from Auntie Annie's at night. Yeah. They didn't do a damn thing. Like they I mean, were just there. I, I wouldn't be able to resist that. Come on. All the pretzels you can eat. Nobody looking. Nobody looking. Come on. Can you, for me, it do, would be the great American cookie company. Oh yeah. Oh, what about, uh, I mean, you'd have to cook them, but what about, um, the old, uh, what's the sweet roll place? Oh, Cinnabon. 
Cinnabon. I'm not, Cinnabon. Cinnabon? I'm not a Cinnabon guy. You're not a Cinnabon guy? No, because they don't cook uh. them. Like, and this is why so many people love them, but this is why I don't love them. They don't cook them all the way through because they want them to be like really gooey and dense Ooh, in the gooey. You gotta, yeah. That's what's so delicious is the no, ooey gooey. it's a pastry. It should have like a pastry texture. Oh, Ugh. you want to do a gooey. No. Well, let me tell you something. If you, if you live in the mall, you can have all the ooey gooey Cinnabons you want. <sighs> all right, let's go. You, you want me over. Let's do it. Uh, Jeff, final question. Yeah. Did I beat you at your own game? Is this a chronicle of a badass? Wow. I mean... <laughs> If I'm honest, I got to give it up. I got to give it up. These, uh, Mr. Townsend, badass. Chronicle of a badass. Yes. I'm yeah. glad you're on board with the segment after six years. Well, it turns out all it needed was somebody who knew how to do the segment. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I don't think it needs that. Honestly, <laughs> I think it's fun either way. Hey, if you have uh, have heard of a badass, like a legitimate badass, not like one of these Jeff badasses who's just an <laughs> idiot with like no sense of like self harm, um, you should definitely let us know about it. Great place to do it would be oh I don't know off the top of my head uh, Discord. Oh yes, not just any Discord, ladies and gentlemen. The We Have Concerns Discord, which we gatekeep. Why? Eh, we don't want to have anybody sneaking in uh, late at night and carrying in a couch and you know grandma's hutch we don't no. want we don't want that in our discord we want to make sure only the coolest cools are there and that's why the discord is a perk of becoming a patron only a dollar a single dollar a month that seems so low a dollar a month on the patreon will get you access to that discord at patreon.com slash we have concerns that's right and if you uh if you give a little more you get a little more uh if you for three dollars a month you get um you get the cold opens to the show, the conversation that you heard at the beginning of this episode, which we made open and free for everyone this week. Those conversations we have every week as a separate show that you can listen to for $3 a month. For $5 a month, you get video versions of the show and bonus videos. Uh, and then for $10 a month, you get the show earlier than everybody else. And you get to you get to be the blart that gets the drop on everyone. You're the blart and you get the satisfaction of knowing that this show gets to continue, which is pretty great. Also, we really appreciate our patrons for supporting the show. You can be one of them. Patreon.com slash we have concerns. It's mostly about being the blart, though. You remember when Gandhi said to be the blart you want to see yeah, in the world? That was the first. Yeah. Be the blart. Be the blart. Yeah. <laughs>